0: Hey, you found us! It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner Matt Story, and it is July seventeenth. And when it's July, I think time to start talking college football.
1: I mean, it's not far off. There's there you know SEC media days are this week, so uh, we're not jumping the gun too much. Next week, I believe is Pac twelve, um, mm-hmm. and and you know it's been a while since we've talked uh, you know much about ASU football. We've you know we've. Talk some wrestling we've talked baseball we've talked NFL draft all that good stuff and it's like maybe a little little health check-in on the old ASU program see where we're what we're feeling like
0: we uh, we apparently weren't the only ones with the idea to do this today because after we texted about it we learned that uh, Kenny Dillingham did a press availability for about a half hour this afternoon and you know obviously we're not press but we can read the Twitter summaries. Oh, yeah. We can read press. social
1: media. Exactly. Yes.
0: So uh, overall, it it sounds like he sounds like a guy who has been preparing for this role for a long yeah. time. I agree. Which yeah. that yeah. you know, it's a nice counter punch to Herm Edwards' three year tenure. Um, yes, and, yes. And his introductory pressers and offseason, it's, uh, you know, this is a guy who's like, hey, we're trying to recruit the right guys. We're trying to make the right decisions. Um, he's certainly made moves, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, And yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm excited to see, you know, things get underway. And I guess that was sort of what I was, you know, Thinking coming into this was this like, you know, it's, it's sneaking up on me a bit. Last year was really hard to get up for, you know, this time of year. Um, we talked about it, you know, like it was just a difficult one and it proved to be valid that it was hard to get up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, this year feels unlike any other in the 20 about 20 years we've been doing this where it's just like it's such a blank slate in terms of who we have on the field how the coach going to I mean, I'm excited yeah. about him, but, like, there's just not much we know.
0: I mean, he, one of the things that is interesting to me about this is ASU's over-under is pegged at four and a half right now. Yeah. And yeah. we play eight home games. Now, I don't yeah. think we'll go eight, no in home games, but it is noteworthy to me that you know, last year we went three and nine, the coach quit on the team, Yes, and team was just not that good. No, um, no,
1: yeah, yeah, showed showed some fight during yeah. the course of the season that, that could have gotten worse, I mean, but well, yeah, just, were, just a big talent deficiency, basically, is what it came down to.
0: Yeah, well, and there were guys who showed something, you know, the Jalen yeah. Conyers' of the world. Yeah, yeah. Where you think, like, okay, great, we are pointed in the right direction um, with these guys, but the borgay Drew Pine battle is going to be interesting. I don't think anybody has said with any certainty who they think is going to win that battle. No, and that's
1: actually I was I was gonna you know that's one thing I was thinking is like okay as we as we sit here mid July without the benefit of preseason camp yet, what what do you think? What, what's your what's your forecast?
0: I suspect that we will get both in Game 1.
1: Yeah, I and, was thinking that too.
0: And then we'll get Pine in Game 2.
1: See, I'm almost thinking it's going to be the opposite. Because I, I just think that... I guess I'm remembering the types of offenses that Dillingham has, has coached. And granted, there isn't a, a huge sample size... Mm-hmm. but it's, it's a quarterback that can, that you can, you know, do some running plays with, you know, Bo Nix last year at Oregon, uh, you know, had some, you know, work with, work with Norvell who, you know, we saw that with Taylor yeah. Kelly. We, we see it now with what they're doing at Florida state. And I just, uh, the, the pine fit is, was in, was surprising from, from the day it was announced. Like it was, it was one of those like, Oh, well we got the guy who started, you know, most of the season at Notre Dame last year. That's cool.
0: But and it and did who feel you, like who you felt like could come back to Notre Dame,
1: come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and and so it's like, well, okay, you know, that's good. But it did have that feel of like, well, now, granted, we don't have a lot of sample size of Kenny Dillingham running the show on offense. I think mm-hmm. last year was the first year he called plays um, mm-hmm. as a coordinator. You know, a few years. You know, so he's very young, and so there. But it's like it seems like his offense is built for a quarterback who can run. And I mean, unless Notre Dame just didn't take advantage of it, which I don't think, I mean, I watched a lot of Notre Dame last year with pine and, and there weren't quarterback runs in the, in the game plan. Um, So I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but I feel like, you know, Borgay gives you a little bit of running threat. He's not very big. I don't know if he can stay healthy, but I kind of feel like he'll end up getting, Now, I wouldn't be surprised if as the year goes along they each get starts. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying Bourguet's going to take the job and start the next 11 games, but I almost feel like he might be a step ahead right now.
0: See, and, and where I come is a little bit different and why I think it'll be Pine. Bourguet was here. Bourguet fought through this, right? Yeah. So... The guys who are there like him. He led through adversity, so fine. Like He's going to start that opening game, but we're going to come into the game with everyone understanding we're playing our starters the whole time, and they're each getting a half, and we're not alternating drives. We're going to treat the second half with the same urgency as the first half. Yeah. And then I think what it comes down to is he brought in Pine. He didn't bring in Bourget. There must and, be and you're a reason. Right.
1: That's, I mean, as, as you look at, you know, these, the last several years with quarterback transfers, like probably, uh, you know, conservatively 80 to 90% of the time you get a former starter at another school transfer, they win the job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty rare. That's not the case. <laughs> so that is, that's the flip side of the coin of me thinking exactly what you're saying. Like, if he was, now granted he wasn't, you know, he didn't have much chance to be, but if he came in and looked at some film and thought, Borgay's my guy, he might not have, you know, gone out and gotten a starting level transfer. He could have stuck with Jacob Conover and gotten Jaden Rashada and thought, well, right, we, got a, we got a nice depth chart here. We're good.
0: Yeah. No, And, and the other thing, and maybe I'm wrong, I I don't know. Maybe he has the ability to compartmentalize these things, and he he literally didn't think about it until he, you know, had set the interview. Yeah. But to me, he was linked to this job starting in week four. He was. I'm That's sure true. that in That's the back true. of his mind, he was like, oh, "I wonder what's going on with that team. I wonder what's going I on suppose. with their depth." Chart. And, they,
1: and they were in the same conference, so it's yeah. easy to. You know, do some, do some scouting. Um, you know, you watch your opponent play ASU or whatever, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. I mean, he he wasn't uh, completely alienated from what was happening with ASU. Certainly, you know, by the time Borgay took over as the starter, Perm was gone. The job was going to be open. We know that he, you know, had interest in the job all along, and, and we had interest in him. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, he had a chance to evaluate him. Before
0: ever taking the job, and, and look, you know, maybe it'll be Borgay. It, this, I'll tell you what. This does not feel like. It doesn't feel like there's a third guy, you know, I don't where think Taylor so. Kelly no. like slipped no. in between Eubank and Berkoviki. That's true. There, that's true. There, yeah. This, you know, yeah. you're hearing nothing about Conover. You're hearing nothing about Rashada.
1: No. So, no, and I, and I think that's okay. I mean,
0: I don't want to hear about Rashada. Not
1: to, not sure what to make it. You know, but Rashada. Yeah. I definitely feel like you know, like, let's let him, you know, redshirt. Maybe you get him in, you know, maybe he plays in the opening game if you got a big lead. Uh, you know, maybe he gets you know his his you know three or four games to keep a redshirt. But like, no pressure this year, man. If you don't get in at all, that's okay. Yeah. Let's take you off the radar and just just learn how to play football a little bit more.
0: Yeah, like that's the other thing to me is it's like. I I hope we don't lose him next year in a Quinn Ewers type, I'm not really here for anything moment. Agreed. Yeah. But I am sort of of a mind that I'd rather not hear from him, but if we are going to hear from him, let's just assume, hey, man, mop up time. Yeah. It's you. Okay. You're, you're, we're, we're not we're burning your year because if you're as good as everyone says you are you're only staying for three anyway well that's
1: true too yeah so, you don't worry about it yeah yeah I mean that's that's true uh, you know I guess I was I was gonna say like maybe you you know you make sure I mean obviously you don't have this mindset necessarily but you maybe have a little bit in the back of your mind like oh well we're only gonna play him a couple games and then that way if you're three and seven after 10 games, it's like, well, all right, we're going to give you the last two starts because we want to see what you got by that point of the year. You know, you would, you know, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to go into a season thinking, well, here's what we're going to do when we're three and seven, but maybe you just keep that in the bank just in case. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the over under and the, you know, eight home games and, I mean, we're, this this is not our game by game picks. We got a while before we'll do that, six seven weeks probably. Um, but you know, I, I guess I don't know. I'm not a tremendous homer. I think I I'm not I'm not an idealist. I think we can win five. I think we could potentially win six or seven. I, you know, there are a couple of games on there that we're not going to win. I think that's you know I don't yeah. think we're beating USC. Um, I don't think we're beating Oregon. Although it is at home, and so yeah. you never know. Um, but it's, it's it doesn't look like a terribly difficult schedule with with the breakdown of home and away and some of the road games not not particularly brutal at Cal at UCLA like those aren't those aren't terribly tough environments to go into
0: yeah um I I agree right like it's one of those things where it's like we can get to, I think you can do the math and get to four, which is why they pick four and a half, right? Yes, yes. And, and then you look around and it's like, okay, I, I think this team has a chance for, I think a successful season is bowl eligible. I think a fine season yeah. is five and seven. And I think a disappointment is under that. Less
1: than that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, this is one of those that, as I'm thinking of the saying it, I realize it's sort of, you know, obvious. But I, I feel like the game two and three will tell the tale of like, all right, what can, you know, a game one should be a nice little scrimmage type game playing like an mm-hmm. FCS team at home Thursday day. You know, like should be, a, you know, a game you get some rust off and you win. But home games against Oklahoma State, Fresno State, like on paper, those sound like those are tough. But Oklahoma mm-hmm. State going through some turmoil. Lost, lost some very key transfers lost a four-year starting quarterback you know a lot of uneasiness there it feels like Fresno State really good team last year but they lost their starting quarterback too like you know if you can if you could split those two and then you probably lose to USC in week four if you're four if you're two and two after four weeks like I'm feeling okay yeah. at that point because after that is at Cal home to Colorado those feel both winnable. And, and maybe you go
0: into the – because I think the bye is right at the halfway point, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You know, if you go into the
1: bye 4-2, you're you you're feeling pretty good. And you kind of – November's tough. I mean, November's a, a, a tough slate. Um, it, you know, I think it's – I can't remember the order. It's Utah and UCLA on the road to start November. And it might be the opposite order. Then Oregon at home. And then Arizona, obviously. So, you know, you want to build up some cushion. If you're, going, if you're going for those six wins, I think – Having four at the halfway point is maybe a must.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, The back half's not easy. Yeah, i I want to back up though to just the discussion of the team and Billingham. He look, we've talked about this before at different stages in his career. But I want to reiterate this point because it keeps happening. He's still done everything I wanted him to do. He has said the right things. He's recruited the right things. And look, when he said the thing about, I have four-star, there are four-star guys who we could have had. I don't think they fit our culture and our system. That's great. I mean, that's how Michigan State wins games. That's how Iowa wins games. So I'm on board. I mean, I hope that turns out to be true. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you want to explain, that's why we got that. That's why we're getting these commitments this early from guys who seem okay. I mean, the recruiting, yeah. considering we came from nothing, is <laughs> pr- has been pretty great. The, he he bet correctly at least in year one on samples and Carrington.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, I think so too.
0: Yeah, and and the relationships are paying off. I saw we you know we added Sire Gaines, who is a, a big get. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twenty four class. You know, we had the uh, number one player in Oregon commit, some top one hundred guys in California and Texas commit. Yeah, and that's, I mean yeah, and that's no, samples I, in Carrington. I, uh, you're right. I
1: mean we uh, we were in such deplorable shape with our high school recruiting the last couple of years that, you know, anything by comparison feels really good. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I like what I hear. I like what I see, you know, obviously with the big old asterisk that, you know, we haven't seen the team play a game under him yet, and that's what matters most. Um, but, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I just, most of all, I like the consistent feeling that, he wants to be here, and he has a passion for ASU, and he's going to do what he can to make it work. Now, that doesn't mean it will work. There's outside forces that work against uh, ASU coaches, and several of them have found it. And and so I, there's no guarantee of success, but I feel like he's not going to leave any stone unturned in trying to have success.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and I saw one of the things that you – I think we're alluding to is his comment about, you know, 80% of recruiting now is NIL Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a base that we need to tap into. And it's, it's sort of a chicken and egg problem because we are not USC. We aren't Auburn. We're not Texas A&M. Like you need to be good to get people interested but the only way right. to get good is to have interested people <laughs> give you money.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It, it is uh, I mean, even, you know, way before we knew what the letters NIL stood for, you know, that's been an ASU problem uh, since we started college here. And even before that is this exactly what you say, chicken and egg. Like, you know, the fan base is only going to be really invested if you're really, really good, like in 1996, Mm-hmm. Um, but you need some fan base investment now, now maybe even, you know, more so concretely in financial terms, but even before that, you know, it's, it's hard to recruit when you got to recruit on campus and he's here for, a, you know, a conference game in October and the stadium is two thirds full, yeah. you know, and then he goes to Oregon and it's rockin' Uh, or he goes to, you know, Texas, or he go you know, places like that, and it's like, man, it's it's hard to win those battles.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and so that, it is
1: a tricky part. It really is, yeah.
0: And so. that, I think, is almost as much what Dillingham's saying about people who are right for our culture is people who are willing to come to our culture and, yes. you know, yeah. are willing to play for the sake of play. Now, look, the downside of that is you're basically signing a bunch of free agents as we see in basketball this right. off season where like, right. okay, great. So we're good for right now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. as soon, and if you're good enough, these guys are going to leave. I mean, USC has got our punter, our outside linebacker.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I mean, it, that is one reason that it is especially tricky this year to like know what to expect because, because, we have so many guys from so many different places. Like, I mean, I saw, I think I saw, uh, a, you know, there were 12 guys nominated for, you know, preseason all Pac-12, which I'm sure, the, you know, the school determines the nomination, so I don't know what that means. But I believe seven of the 12 were not with ASU last year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's tough to get to know these guys. Like, I'm looking at some of the names on that list, and I'm like, I don't even know what position some of these guys play yeah um you know so I'm I'm gonna I mean I told you this a few months ago and I, I I still need to do it as the season gets closer like you know spend some time looking at the roster and just remembering who's still here to start with and then who are the you know supposed impact guys I mean the receiver group is certainly interesting with a lot of guys from a lot of different places we got the Colorado receiver from last year Tyson. Mm-hmm. who put up, put up pretty good numbers against us. If I recall in that game, yeah. um, you know, we got that Guillory guy who's supposed to be pretty good. We got Elijah Badger back, you know, who had a, you know, his best year yet by far last year. Um, and so, you know, there's some, some intrigue there. We got the, the running back from, I believe Sacramento state, yeah. Scadabo, Scadabo, mm-hmm. uh, who looked really good in the spring game. I remember, you know, that's the first time I'd seen him play, obviously. And I'm like, wow, this guy's, this guy's solid. It looked like, um, so, you know, and Conyers, you mentioned Conyers. He was, you know, a breakout star second half of last year. And you hope we'll continue that. So, like, one thing I will say is I expect this to be a pretty solid offense. I'm not saying we're going to be, you know, uh, Alabama of 2020 and have, you know, three guys get Heisman votes. But I, I think this is going to be an offense that can put points on the board and move the ball. And the defense probably going to be a work in progress. Uh, I, I i don't have a ton of expectations for them but if they could be passable i think the offense will be good enough to win some games
0: yeah i agree i uh i think that leads to the defense which to me is all question marks very um, much very 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 yeah. much yeah the, yeah the defense is kind of being left it seems like i mean i'm sure Dillingham's involved but you know the defense seems to sort of be left to the assistants. You know the the assistants on defense have long track records and long relationships with Dillingham, right? Right. And so you know, and then the you know Washington State had a good defense last year, so having their coordinator yeah. feels good. But
1: yeah, in terms of like yeah. the
0: actual players, I don't know, man. I, I don't a know. A lot of
1: unknown. A, a ton. I mean, you got. Uh, you know, a couple of defensive linemen back. I believe, if I recall, it's hard to remember. I mean, again, this is this is part of the problem. Like, you know, we had, we had a couple guys transfer, but then decided to stay. Um, you know, I, you got. I know Jordan Clark is back in the defensive backfield, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of the corners I believe from last year. Roe Torrance, I think, is still around. Um, yeah. You know, so there's there's a few returners, but yeah, it's a lot of unknown. And it, it like I said, I think. I mean, it's in, in college football today, you know, just the way the schemes are and the way the rules are, it's easier to make a quick jump on offense yeah. than it is on defense. Um, and, and that's my thought is like, well, Dillingham's been a part of some pretty good offenses. I, you know, I'm not as saying we're going to be the best offense in the conference or anything like that, but I think we will be better to the point where, you know, uh, hey, if we're not giving up 40 points a game, can we, can we pull off a couple of wins that maybe you wouldn't expect? Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, there's some games that right now, you know, obviously you never know one game scenario. But, like, I don't think we're beating USC. I don't think we're going to Washington and winning. I don't think we're going to Utah and winning. I don't think we're probably going to beat Oregon. There's four right there. But the others, you know, there's some toss-ups in there. And if the offense is good enough, I feel like we can, we can you know, steal a couple of wins from that group.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. It it does feel, and maybe I'm way off here, but it does feel like we're hearkening all the way back to the Cutter era.
1: You know, and, I mean, it's it's a, it's yeah. an easier way to go. Like, a, you know, like I said, for a quick fix. And I'm not saying this is a quick fix, but like a a quick improvement. It's easier to improve on offense. I feel like you, yeah. you know you scheme it up, uh, you run some hurry up. You, you, you know, you take advantage of the, the rules that are, you know, very strongly against defensive holding pass interference, the like, um, and you can put points on the board, you know, can, really comes down to offense. You know, a lot of times in football college and pro now is red zone offense, you know, cause it's, it's not that difficult to move the ball. It doesn't seem like in general, but it's, you know, you get inside the 20 or 30 and you know, can you score touchdowns or are you settling for field goals? Are you? Missing field goals or making them, you know, that's that's the difference between a, an average offense and a good offense. It seems like.
0: Well, and kicking is, appears to be a thing that's going to matter for this team.
1: I would think so. Yeah, yeah. when you don't have much uh, margin for error, talent wise, you you gotta
0: gotta you win gotta, on special you, teams.
1: You know, special teams can be a uh, an equalizer in a little bit of ways. Yeah. And who is the kicker supposed to be?
0: God, I don't even know. Is it the I don't either transfer? Was yeah, I mean, the transfer kid just we lost a punter? To both
1: from last year.
0: We had a transfer, but I think he's just a punter.
1: Yeah. Well didn't we get a recruiting like next year's class? Yeah. From remembering that, a pretty good kicker recruit, but not yeah. you know, he's still in high school at this point. So uh yeah, I mean it's it's uh, again, this is this is why this is why I started out by saying we're just going to look at this, you know, big picture. How do we feel? Because I got to do I got to do my homework a little bit, and, you know, get to know this roster a little bit better. I'm throwing names out there in the hopes that I'm not naming guys who aren't on the team anymore. Yeah, and it is possible that I have. Um, hopefully not, though. I've I've tried to stick with guys I'm pretty confident are still here. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, at the very least, I think it just feels like going back to kind of where we started, you know, there's just, there's a, there's a, a renewed hope that, you know, it's not a program just spinning its wheels through a downtrodden season like last year. Yeah. And and, it, and if nothing else, that feels pretty good that, you know, you're going into a year with a little bit of optimism and a little bit of excitement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I, I would say as a fan, the offseason is a success. I feel good about the program direction. I feel yeah, good yeah, about the yeah. hire still. We haven't oh, had yeah. any massive scandal. Um, <laughs> no. Which hey, look, that's not nothing for
1: agreed, for agreed. ASU no, football no, no, or yeah. college
0: football in general.
1: That's true. That's mm. true. Yeah. No, I mean I I you know, I'm I'm excited to see what the program looks like under Kenny Dillingham. I do hope that he knows the uphill battle, and he should know it, but the uphill battle in terms of fan interest. I don't know that we ever talked about his comments from the spring game where he, you know, kind of expressed some dismay at the low attendance. And I'm
0: well, because like, well, he had set this high bar. It was like he was challenging. Way too high. He was yeah. challenging the Valley to come out. Right. And right. the Valley was like, no, thank you. No, well, and they didn't do uh,
1: him or the program a lot of favors by scheduling it when they did. I mean, a, a Saturday afternoon or late morning in April when it's already getting hot, um, after Pat's run, but not close enough to Pat's run that people could really stay and hang around. You know, they did it, yeah. I think Pat's run ended, you like, around 8 to 9, and the game was at noon. So yeah. you had a long period of time between. But nonetheless, like, all those things might've added a few, you know, maybe if it was a night or maybe if it was a right after pass run or whatever, again, logistically probably doesn't work, but you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take a bit, man. I, and, and I, I hope deep down he knows that um, it's going to take more than him just saying, you know, come on rally the Valley to come out and support like that's great. But you know, you're, you're going to have to produce and you're going to have to win and you have to be exciting when you win. And, and even then it's, it's you know, going to be tough yeah. so i i hope he realizes the, the battle he's in for in generating consistent fan interest
0: i mean i just i wonder if it's a little bit of the todd graham speaking victory like if you just I, keep doing it and I hope you just so. keep I hope saying so, it. yeah
1: yeah i mean hopefully his spring game you know like i can't even remember what he wanted twenty thousand people or something like that yeah was was a little bit one of those you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a a random reference here, a little Casey Kasem, you know, reach for the stars type of thing. Yeah. Like you're not really gonna get there, but you know, hey, doesn't hurt to try. But I mean, if, if ASU ever has twenty thousand people for a spring game, I'll be surprised. It's it just it, you know, you could you could have it on you know March first when it's sixty degrees at seven o'clock at night, and you're not gonna have twenty thousand people for a spring game. It's just it. You know, that's not what it is here. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't mind that, but yeah, the, the comments on the day of the game concerned me just a little that like, uh, I mean, I, I hope you know what you got yourself into, man, because it is it is tough to generate fan interest. We had a, a basketball program that had a, you know, top five overall draft pick that was in the NCAA tournament. And a lot of games weren't sellouts. Yeah. That's a smaller venue than football. So like it's, it's it's an uphill battle that you probably will not win. At the you know, your your realistic goal should be to fight it to a draw in, in terms of, you know, yeah. getting enough fan interest to sustain things.
0: Well, and here's the other part though, is I'm glad he did it. Like, say it, do it, but then like sure. when it is a disappointment, you don't ha- you, you have to recognize where you don't have the track record of a Nick Saban to complain about fans leaving exactly. our blowouts early when you've totally, won five totally. national titles and you're blowing <laughs> people out you can say you hey can that. <laughs> yes
1: yes yes yeah no you're you're right I mean and I and I think you know look there's a there's been an erosion uh I mean in our best days ASU is not you know does not get massive fan support but the last couple of years have been really rough. And, and uh, I think there's still, I mean, Dillingham is a fresh start at the coaching level, mm-hmm. but I bet there's still a fair amount of fans who think, you know, between Ray Anderson and Michael Crow, I'm not putting my money into this athletic department. I'm not putting my emotional investment into this athletic department. I'm not there, but I can't blame fans that do think that. So you've got to realize too that like, yeah, you're a new start, but you know you're going to have to work hard to get some people back. People
0: that might have been fairly loyal that were put off by the events of the last couple years. Yeah. Well the the comments. Uh, I mean, basically for football, from the hiring of Herm mm-hmm. to now, it's been a couple steps back a step or two forward and then more steps back. And then it's just Several steps back. The, yeah. the tone deaf nature of the athletic department and yeah. the, and the university, yeah. like you said, you know, Michael Crow saying, well, that's not, you know, we, we don't want NIL. We're not apart. It's like, well, right. okay, but your fans want to win. Right. So,
1: right. And the arena doesn't help us win games for basketball and, yeah. and it's
0: just
1: like, you know, and, and some, I mean, you know, look, I, we've had this discussion. Women's basketball, softball—they they, don't—they don't make or break an athletic department, except in a very rare circumstance. And ASU isn't that. But man, when you you know you hire a new women's basketball coach and you finish dead last in the Pac-12, you hire a new softball coach and you finish dead last in the Pac-12. Stuff like that is, is tough too.
0: Well, uh, and and you when know, you try to like you went outside of the family for your baseball hire. It went yes. terribly. So then you go back into the family with Willie Bloomquist and look, he says the right things. The team had a good run, um, but then they wound up missing. But they the choked at the end. So I mean, yeah, they,
1: they did. They, they collapse is a little strong, but they sort of collapsed in the last, you know, five, six weeks of the season. Now I believe it was only a second year. if if memory serves. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was progress and, and I feel fairly good about it, but yeah, I mean, right now it is, it has been difficult as just a general ASU fan to find a lot to, you know, take a lot of pride in and, and feel really good about, uh, the baseball team has progressed a tad, um, the basketball program made the tournament this year, but then as we've discussed, you know, you lose most of your roster to various places. So Mm -hmm. that feels like, well, what are we, what are we really doing there? Um, You know, football program has been, you know, from the, from the feel good moments of the end of 2019, it's been just a series of steps back since to the point where we had the worst season, you know, in the history of the program, basically last year. At least you know, since joining the border conference, it's the worst record we've posted. So it, it's you know that all gets to like you got to get people back But before you start trying to gain new fans. You got to get the ones back who have been turned off by the events of the last you know two, three, four, five years.
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot that we need to to do. Yeah, and I, and I think
1: it's just a tough market here. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's a tough place.
0: And I think Dillingham is the right. Like I think going young is big. I agree. You know, I
1: think it's I, worth taking the swing. I mean, we had the conversation during the season about the general type of coach we wanted, and we were on the same page about it, and we got it with this guy—the young go-getter, first-time head coach. The, the added bonus that he's from the Phoenix area, he went to ASU, he coached at ASU. Like, yeah, I, I think the the archetype coach that that it could work given the circumstances we're in right now is exactly this. Doesn't and, mean it will, but it's the right swing of the bat.
0: Well, and this is also one of those things, right? Where could he, you can't have a guy become a Kirk Ferentz unless you bring him in when he's young to stay there that long, you know? Agreed. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's what Kenny is going to be. No, but he has said all of the things that make you think like, if this works enough, he will stay here forever. If you want him to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You're right. I mean,
1: there's no way to know for sure, you know, if a bigger opportunity comes, but that, I mean, yeah, you know, Ferentz is, is an example. You know, I think of, uh, I think of Wisconsin for all those years, Barry Alvarez. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, like, and it's going to be a different style football. We can't play that. But when we were talking about the recruiting earlier and the, you know, the like, okay, we want guys who fit our culture and stuff. It's like, that probably is the right way to go. Like we're not gonna consistently get four and five star guys and out talent people. So we gotta and, we gotta be able to get the three star and some four stars, and then out work them, out scheme them, out develop them.
0: Well, to and the that's point why where it's
1: like, well, okay, yeah, you won ten games, even though you're not the most talented team in the conference.
0: Well, and that's why those schools, the Iowas and Wisconsins, are good blueprints. Maybe not for style yeah. of play, but you've got. You know the Michigan's and Ohio States of the conference, and they win their fair share of games. But you know Wisconsin, Iowa, they're they're there. Michigan State, Big
1: Ten championship games. They've won Mm -hmm. some Big Ten championships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like the last uh, you know year or so, those are bad examples because, like, oh my god, neither team can score a touchdown. But over the long haul. You know, mm. Iowa's been a pretty good program with parents They've had some really good years. They came very close to making the playoffs, uh, you know, four, what, five, six seasons ago when yeah. they lost to the Big Ten title game. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I think, again, not style of play. You can't you can't have that style of play in the Pac-12. You can't have it here. Uh, you talk yeah. about fan interest. Fans will, will tune out in droves if you're trying to win games, you know, 14-10. Um, but yeah. the, the general feeling of like, hey, we're not going to be the one or two most talented teams in the conference. But mm-hmm. we might be the one or two best teams in the conference because we're going to we're gonna develop guys. We're going to get the three-star guy who we turn into a first-round pick. Yeah. He's not a first-round pick coming out of high school, but he's going to be by the time we finish with it.
0: Yeah, well, and that's one of those things that, like, as a fan, I guess that's what I feel like I have to hope for. I and, think it and,
1: is. Realistically, I think that's that's the hope we have, yeah.
0: And then to that end, that's why I, you know, am open to the idea of like, if it works, if, if Dillingham's here and in year three, you know, we've turned it around and we're nine and three, you know, if he comes to us and says, I have this offer from... Yeah. School X. But if you'll match it, I'll stay. Yeah. I would just, as at this point, just as soon give him the long-term deal and yeah. just, you know, like, look, you can always get out of it if something goes bad True. from a, you know, program, True. legal, uh, extra-legal perspective. Right. And, and if the alternative is, you made a mistake and he we only hit that level a couple times? Yeah. Okay, that's probably okay.
1: Like it, Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think football as it is right now, and it's really, it's been that way. I mean, I, I think it's maybe more pronounced in the playoff era that we feel it more, but it's always been. There's always been an upper tier that dominates. Whether it was you know Nebraska and Florida State in the '90s and Florida, and, you know those programs aren't as good now, but but they were. And now it's Alabama and Clemson and Georgia, and you know. And so I think realistically, you you know, uh, yeah, I'll I'll go to those schools we just talked about. You mentioned earlier, Michigan State is another one. Like they're not going to year in year out compete for national championships. They're just not going to get the talent to do it that you get at Georgia or Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State, but they can be a pain in the, in the side for those teams and Mm -hmm. they can win their share of conference titles. They have.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, I think that's gotta be the model. Now we don't know what conference we're going to be in or what conference, what our conference will look like. So Mm -hmm. it's difficult to say like, well,
1: we're going to always be behind Oregon and Washington because God knows if they're going to be in our conference in the next three years or even one year. Uh, But for right now, I think, you know, that's gotta be the feel is like, well, Oregon may always have more talent than us that doesn't mean they're a better team and, and doesn't mean they're going to finish ahead of us every year. They might three out of five years, but if we can finish ahead of them two out of five, yeah, I'm okay with that's that. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I would, I would take that. It's, I mean, we've talked about that with basketball over the years. Like I don't expect to be a perennial final four contender. I'd like to be a team that consistently is in the tournament hunt and every four to five years has a team that feels like they can, you know, make the Sweet 16 Elite Eight round and maybe break through to that Final Four. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the type of program I'd be content with having. We've, We've never gotten there. Um, football's mm-hmm. different. I don't know what the postseason's going to look like. It's hard to look ahead but to it's, the future of but football. But it has but to
0: do with more competing like for your conference or your half of the conference.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... If, if indeed the Pac-12, let you know, let's take the easy road that you know the, the ten remaining stay and they add San Diego State and SMU. I don't know if that's going to happen. I have no clue. But let's say it does. You know, like, can you be consistently, as Ray Anderson said it back when he hired Herm, hasn't delivered it. You know, a top three to four team in the conference, and again every three years a top one or two team in the conference. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. It shouldn't be at least no, I agree. Not in a conference without USC as well. yeah so who knows We'll see we'll see but hey we'll you know we'll uh, we'll dive deeper into the devils as as we get into you know second half of August we'll we'll do our traditional game by game picks probably in the last week of August before the season starts.
0: mm-hmm absolutely. Uh, there's more to talk about. We'll be back. uh, We're going to take next weekend off, uh, but we'll find a time. We're going to connect. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Look, as soon as we get back, we're going to be all football previews most of the way. I was going to say,
1: I mean, uh, the last weekend of July might be the time we start our football preview or maybe the first weekend of August at the latest. It's it's coming. Our four- or five-part football season preview is right around the corner. So until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.